Bayish Shiurim Rabbachan himself said. Rabbachan was Makbit, nobody could move Shiurim. People tried to push their way into highest Shia, whatever it is. He was very Makbit to keep the structure. That was by him, Kurdish Kadashim. He then had the highest Shia, and then he said Shiurim for the kibbutz once or twice a week. He instituted things the other Shivas weren't there. He had a Mishabura Shia in the morning. For half hour, he said for the older boys, but Lemaisa that became very much part of yeshiva structure. Um, he, when he said shear, he said it on the blot. He stuck to the blot. He's every word was measured, and a lot of times a boy would ask him something on the shear, he would think a minute or two, and then he would repeat the words exactly as he said them. In other words, when he felt that the boy hadn't understood quite what he said, he would repeat what he said. He was extremely, in, it was every single word of his was thought out before. Um, the yeshiva itself lasted 20 years. In those 20 years, he produced the raw material for all the other yeshivas. Um, the usual mahalach was you learned by him, five, six years. You then went on to yeshiva like Kamnitz or Kletsk or Grodna and then you would work your way to the Me Yeshiva which was sort of I guess similar to Lakewood like today. But that was the, the so he was the one who laid the foundation. It was in learning and it was in Hanhaga. What we call how should have been Torah act and, and how does he dress and how does he deport himself and how does he daven, how does he bench? All of those habits were really founded by and sort of enforced by Rabbi Hanan. And his mashgiach, Rabbi Soyakov, who was an extraordinary person, he was a, a person who understood the Bachrim, he knew, he, he knew how to deal with the Bachrim, and he was the one who actually um, worked together with Rabbi Hanan in shaping the Bachrim. The yeshiva lasted exactly 20 years under Rabbi Hanan. Rabbi Hanan himself um, had to go fundraise and he ended up going for, to fundraise for a building to America in 1938 and came back in 39. He was gone for a full year. Somebody was in the Shia wanted to give me a, a, a dogma of how Rabbi Hanan was, was totally calm, collected, structured. He said, Rabbi Hanan had to go to America, which meant you took a horse and a buggy to a train station, a train to some city where there was a boat, a boat to America. It, it was a whole, I mean, it was like going to Mars basically today. And Rebel Hanan came in the morning, 9 o'clock, to say his share. You couldn't tell on him anything. At 10 o'clock, he finished his share. He said, I will not be saying share till next year, Mr. Shem. I'm going to America now. He picked himself up, same calm, and went off. He's an extremely, he never lost his cool. Someone told me he would walk in the rain, and he would walk without flinching. If, you know, so he got wet, he got wet. That was his, 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 his mohus. Um, his paid on time was incredible. He, um, he told Chavrusovism, uh, Adam Chashev came to learn once. He was three minutes late. Rabbi Hanna didn't say anything. 
But at the end of the Seder, Rabbi asked him, what, what time are you? And he told him, one o'clock. So Rabbi said, so your clock is on time. How come you came late? He said, you know, I had, had to go to the bathroom. So Rabbi said to him, you know, I walk by the guards by the palace and they never seem to have an excuse for being late. It's like clockwork. I guess a person can train himself to be like a clock. That was Rebbe Hanan's tie to him. Rebbe Hanan Lemaise went to America to raise money for building of a yeshiva. He was there for a year, came back. I don't know if they, I remember, they may have started building a yeshiva, maybe not, maybe they bought a plot of land, but the war broke out and he never built that building. But in the year that he was in America, he became the Rebbe for the young generation of Jewish activists. The Moshe Sheras, the Mike Tresses. He was associated with Syria Gudis Yisrael, and he was, and he was their Adam Gadol. He was the figure who was Mashpi on them. So the year spent raising money, the money that he raised went no place, but the people that he made became the cadre of Balabatim to reestablish, to, to establish Torah. His Talmidim in Europe went on to other yeshivas and came to America and became Rosh yeshivas, and he produced the first group of people who would send the kids to yeshivas, who would help the yeshivas, who would develop the infrastructure of the yeshivas. So it's remarkable how the Ashkacha sent to America for something that he thought he was going for one thing, he ended up going for another thing. He was on the way back already, the war was breaking out, and his Talmudim in America told him not to go, they'll get his family, and he insisted on going back. He said the captain of a ship goes back to his ship, he doesn't leave his ship. He came back, the war broke out, the yeshiva fled to Lita, at that time Baranovich was in Poland, um, he was um, under scrutiny, he fled again, the communists came in and he had to flee. He ended up in Kovna and in, um, in Kovna he had the ability, he was about to escape, he had a flight to Sweden, I think it was to Denmark, I don't remember, with his son. There was an accident, his son broke a foot and so on. He had to stay, and at that time, the Germans marched in. His, um, and he was murdered, we'll speak about it in Kovna. He was murdered by the uh, fascists, by the uh, Lithuanian fascists. But Akopanim, in terms of what he left over for the Dairis, are a whole, an incredible amount. First of all, his Bachrim went on to Kamenitz and, uh, and, and Kletsk, Grodna, and other yeshivas, and then to the Mir. They became the Rosh Hashivas, almost every Rosh Hashiva in America, and, and that is all the Rosh Hashivas had learned in Bayrabo Khan for some Tkufa, two, three years, or, or the entire five, six years. Two, he laid the foundation in America for the next star of his shiurim and koivit shiurim they're sort of the shovel whole nefesh of yeshiva shireid in other words not everybody is into Birka Shmuel, not everybody is into Shari Yosher 
the 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 are shiurim that fit everyone in terms of lumdis. It's the most basic lumdis that you start a sugi with. In terms of hashkafa, he laid out both speech and speaking. He would write articles and he wrote pamphlets. And the Kavitz Mamarm of his includes his major writings on terms of basic hashkafa, in terms of what Kalaisol is, in terms of the new um, movements, and so on. He had a reputation of being a bit of a Kadnoi. Um, he, he spoke very clearly, um, and again, without losing himself, he laid out um, the fundamentals of the of the Ashkaf, of what the Torah was Ashkaf would be. Um, he was the Chavetz Chaim's Ahuv, and other yeshivas, Rev, Rev, Rev Lazy Yudel of the Mir, recognized the importance of, of Baranovich sending the Bachrim, and when things were extraordinarily tight, and he couldn't make it, um, the Rev Lazy would send, simply because he was Makia, what it means. Um, that's Baranovich. We'll speak more about about his last days in Kovna Mirzashem when we'll be there. Um, it's a whole passion in its own right. But sometimes the story of his heroism in the last days overshadows the heroism of his in the lifetime. So Mirzashem, uh, we'll, we'll speak more later. Mirzashem. sons actually went to America. It, once went to America first, I think the other one also ended up being here. And that's how it survived. His sons here did not survive. The, whoever he had here, Rabbi Tully, did not survive. That was his... Uh,